President Biden finally holds a press conference and looks absolutely awful. Biden's obvious decline doesn't stop the left from pushing ever more radical cramdowns. And another Hunter Biden scandal breaks. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your data from big tech with VPN I trust. Visit expressvpn.com. Slash Ben, we'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, the word is out. People are abandoning. They're overpriced wireless carriers. They are flocking to PeerTalk for the same exact coverage, but at a fraction of the price. That is correct. If you're with Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile, if you switch to PeerTalk, you could take your family over $800 a year. And switching is really simple. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. For example, I got that iPhone 12. I love it. I'm getting the same great coverage for half the price. Right now, you can get unlimited talk text, six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. See, so here's the thing. The other wireless companies, they're going to charge you for unlimited data. You don't need unlimited data. You're not using unlimited data. All you really need is unlimited talk and unlimited text and six gigs of data for 30 bucks a month. And here's the thing. If you go over on the data, you're worried about that. Well, they're not going to charge you for it. So what exactly do you have to lose? There is a reason PureTalk is the highest rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. Stop giving your money to overpriced wireless carriers and start saving money today. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. You'll save 50% off your very first month. That is pound 250. Say my name, Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Just dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. You'll save 50% off your very first month at Pure Talk USA. Okay, so yesterday, Joe Biden finally held his long-awaited press conference. This is the longest that a president has waited to give an actual press conference in a century. And there's a reason, because he is not with us. He is not. Okay, so the last several nights, my baby has woken me up in the middle of the night, and she has kept me up for hours at a time. And you start to feel, when you are deprived of sleep, that you're beginning to lack brain function. Well, Joe Biden does not lack for sleep. Joe Biden is just in decline. And, you know, I, I honest to God, I hesitate to make fun of the guy because it's really kind of tragic. It really is sad. I mean, he is the president of the United States. He is the guy who is in charge and he is clearly not in charge. He is clearly not with us. The media are doing whatever they can to cover over this fact. It's amazing. You know, for many, many years in this country, whenever there would be a problem with the president, the press trying to do its best to cover for that president would just cover it up. So Woodrow Wilson, was basically a vegetable for the last couple of years of his administration, and Edith was actually running the country. And the press, fearful of the American public knowing this, just refused to report it. FDR was clearly in decline in the last years of his presidency, and the press, deeply afraid to cover that accurately, just didn't cover it. JFK was a scuzzbag with women. The press, in his pocket, just didn't cover it. It was something that they just left under the table. It's been a while in America since presidents got the kind of treatment that, that Joe Biden is getting right now. Barack Obama got kid glove treatment from the press, but he wasn't obviously in decline. There was not this massive gap between what he was publicly and what he was behind clothes and how the media were covering him. With Joe Biden, what is perfectly obvious to you in front of your eyes is being overtly denied by a media that are declaring that Joe Biden is not only with us, he is in control. He is just, he is cool as a cucumber. And here's a piece from the Washington Post describing Joe Biden's press conference yesterday. And then we're going to contrast our establishment media who are just playing human centipede with Joe Biden at this point. They are at the back of that human centipede. Contrast that with what you actually saw with your own eyes, which was a president who is obviously in a state of cognitive decline, a president who, I mean, again, I, I say this with, with no sense of, of excitement or joy or happiness in any way. It is very sad to watch, to watch, again, the elected president of the most powerful country in the history of humanity not be with us and then to simultaneously be told that he is with us so he can push forward a radical agenda. And that's what this is. Because yesterday was a combination of incoherence and, radic and radicalism. 
That's what the, the combo was. The combination was a man who can't get through a sentence without a binder of notes in front of him and an agenda that would make LBJ blush. It's incredible. And the media are papering over that because they like the agenda. The media are just, they're not even his stenographers. The media are indistinguishable from the press wing of the Democratic Party. There shouldn't even be a White House press room. They should just actually absorb the press into the White House. Because at this point, the establishment press are a propaganda outlet for the president of the United States, so long as he is of the correct party. It's, it's an amazing thing to watch. Here's the headline from the Washington Post today after this press conference. President's policy approaches, quote, the art of the possible. I mean, they make the man sound as though he is a transformational leader who is who is aspirational and somebody who's going to bring us forward to a brighter future, as opposed to a man who is managing his own decline as well as the decline of the nation in pretty poor fashion. The Washington Post says President Joe Biden answering the 29th question in his first presidential news conference on the 65th day in office offered one of the clearest distillations of his theory of his presidency and how its success will be measured. It's clear his distillation. And my God, what an incredible guy. He answered 29 questions. 29. What an amazing except the questions were all like, so, Joe, how wonderful are you and how bad was Trump? And can you explain just how transformational you're going to be? So, according to The Washington Post, he said, quote, it's a matter of timing. He said in an answer in which he was referring to gun control measures, but could have been referencing almost any part of his agenda. As you've all observed, successful presidents better than me have been successful in part large in large part because they knew how to time what they're doing, order it, decide it, and prioritize what needs to be done. The arc of history in Biden's view comes down to pragmatism. This thing is just a press release. It's a press release written by Jen Psaki, but it's not. It's in the Washington Post. Quote, it explains how he has approached his opening months in office and how he is looking at the coming years. It illustrates how he can describe some Republican policies as sick and un-American while not doing everything in his power to immediately stop them. He called the filibuster a racist relic of Jim Crow while also insisting he wasn't ready to remove it entirely in the hopes there would be some compromise. Successful electoral politics is the art of the possible. He's like Lincoln. I mean, this guy is just, he's bringing together the best people. He is taking it one step at a time. His incrementalism will be more transformational than the aspirational words of his far left compatriots. What an amazing guy. Okay, so that's the story that you're getting from the media today. The actual story of the press conference is that Joe Biden is not with us. He was repeatedly confused. He wandered off in the middle of sentences. He never came back. He did it at least three separate times during the press conference. Here's a little bit of Joe Biden just wandering off into the into the cornfield. And we have no idea where old Joe went. Am I giving you too long an answer? Because if you don't want the detail. No, no. But I mean, I, I don't know how much detail you want about immigration. Maybe I'll stop there and finish. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. But folks, I'm going. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. OK, that, that second that second statement there. Is just. That is not somebody who's with us. We can pretend. We can. We can all pretend everything is fine. I'll just note that for four long years, every single thing that Donald Trump said or did was used as an excuse by the left and by the media as a, as a hook to suggest that the 25th Amendment should be invoked because he was not competent to fulfill high office. Joe Biden wanders off in the middle of sentences. He doesn't know where he is or what he is doing. And the media proclaim him to be an incredible president, an incredible order. Five minutes into this press conference, there were reporters who were tweeting out about how, how in control he was. By the end of the press conference, he had to be mopped off the floor. And it wasn't as though he was asked tough questions because he really was not. 
We'll get to more of this in just one second. Again, this gap is the real story. We know what Biden is. We know what Biden's going to do. It's the gap between reality and how the media are portraying reality to the millions of Americans who didn't watch the press conference. That is truly the tale of the, 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 the tale worth telling here. We'll get to more of this in a second. First, here's the reality. You text a lot. I text a lot. Texting is really convenient. I'll tell you what, if somebody calls me from a business, chances are very long I'm going to pick up the phone. And if somebody emails me, chances are very high that ends up in the spam folder. But if somebody texts me, pretty good shot that I'm going to respond. This is why if you are a business, you need to make sure that you are in the texting game. If you've been around long enough, you remember that following technology innovations in the 90s, your business needed an email address. By the 2000s, you needed a website. By 2010, you needed to have a social media presence. And in 2021, you need to be texting. Podium is the messaging platform to power your business. It helps you reach your customers wherever they are. Business messaging with Podium helps you gain reviews, collect payments, communicate with customers, and capture leads all from a single inbox. Podium helps you adapt to the changing customer expectations. Don't take my word for it. South Tampa Family and Cosmetic Dentistry collected nearly 1,200 reviews, averaging 4.9 stars via text. Dr. Wyatt of South Tampa Family and Cosmetic Dentistry said, quote, the number of walk-ins as a result of our reviews has skyrocketed before we were seeing maybe 50 to 100 new patients a month. Now, we are seeing closer to 200. Find out how Podium can help your business reach more customers via text. It is the method your business needs to be using. Get started free today at Podium.com slash Shapiro. That is Podium.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so more Joe Biden seeming confused, falling apart. And that one clip of him falling apart is just, the, this, is, this is the one here. here. Here is Joe Biden. Again, any president who did this, who was not a Democrat, would immediately, immediately be expected to resign in, in fairly near order. I mean, if, if you watch this press conference and the first question that flashed through your brain was not, how long can this guy last? I'm not sure what you were watching. Here was Joe Biden yesterday. I'm going to say something outrageous. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. I'm, we're going to get a lot done. What? What? Remember, he's completely in command. He's in control. The Drudge Report, which has basically turned hard left now. The Drudge Report's headlines today are Joe's No Drama Press Conference, Chill Style, Grand Vision for FDR Presidency, Art of the Possible. Those are the headlines over at Drudge Report, which, as you'll recall, used to be a critic of presidents who are of the left side of the aisle. Now, the Drudge Report is apparently joining the stenography club over at the, over at the Democratic press establishment outlets. By the way, Joe Biden couldn't get through this press conference without notes. Okay, he was, he was reading from actual podium notes throughout the press conference. He had a binder. He was reading from a briefing book at the press conference because he cannot be trusted to go out there and simply riff on topics. Not because, like President Trump, he makes wild statements or wild generalizations, but because he literally is unable to speak with coherence on a topic for more than five minutes. It's an amazing thing. Amazing thing. Here was Chris Wallace pointing this out. Hey, Chris Wallace, again, no opponent of Joe Biden's. Chris Wallace has been fairly warm toward Joe Biden. Here's Chris Wallace from Fox News. It seemed on every foreign policy question, not the others, but on foreign policy, he went to his briefing book like Jen Psaki does uh, sometimes in the briefings and was reading, uh, obviously, White House guidance, White House talking points, uh, covering Ronald Reagan for six years. I never saw that. Uh, watching a lot of news conferences over the years, I've never seen that. A president in a news conference reading talking points. Remember, Ronald Reagan was a dullard actor who was in decline, according to the press. 
And Donald Trump was a patently insane person who is in decline, according to the press. And Joe Biden, who is clearly in decline, is completely with it. He is sharp as a thumbtack. According to the New York Post, however, a newspaper that is not in the pocket of the Democratic Party, President Biden appeared to repeatedly lose his train of thought early on in his first press conference as Commander-in-Chief Thursday, asking reporters if they wanted him to go into detail in his answers, forgetting questions, relying heavily on cue cards from a binder he brought along. The president took 10 questions at the 62-minute presser, repeatedly consulting his binder before calling on the next reporter. By the way, when the Washington Post suggested he took 29 questions, they meant that he took like little follow-ups from the same reporters. But overall, he filibustered a bunch of these questions. He would be asked a question. If he didn't want to answer it, he would just ramble for several minutes on completely unrelated topics. The first awkward moment occurred when the president was answering a question on the crisis at the southern border from PBS journalist Yamiche Alcindor, who, by the way, again, another press stenographer for the presidents of the United States. He, he cut himself off in the middle of the answer. He took Alcindor's follow-up questions in which she asked about the deliberations for migrants being permitted to stay as well as the filibuster. And then he took her question on migrants and needed to be reminded about her filibuster query. He just forgot the second question. Now, listen, we have a robust system. We have a robust system that is capable of carrying on even if the president of the United States does not seem to be with us. But it is the gap between the reality and how the media wish you to perceive the reality that is wor really worth talking about today. I mean, Biden was struggling to, he had a list of reporters he was going to call on. On that list was not Fox News, we'll get to in a second. Imagine if, if President Trump, because he did this a couple of times, took press conferences and didn't once call on anyone from the left side of the aisle. He really didn't do that. He called on people from the left side of the aisle, just not CNN. And the press were like, he's trying to avoid questions. Joe Biden would not call on anyone from Fox News, which is really the only opposition outlet in the room. Okay, but he did have a pre-screened list of questioners. How transparent, how refreshing. And then he got lost on his list. He couldn't remember who he was supposed to call on. Here was Joe Biden yesterday. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh, saying Miss Kim. I mean, this is incredible, guys. He, this is the leader of the free world. And also, a man who just starts yelling for no reason. He's talking about unions. And all of a sudden, he's just like, Rawr! turns in the Swedish chef. The hell is he doing? No one knows. So I'm running for three reasons. To restore the soul, dignity, honor, honesty, transparency to the American political system. Two, to rebuild the backbone of this country, the middle class, hardworking people and people struggling to get in the middle class. They built America and unions built them. What are you, why are you yelling? Why did somebody did somebody lose the the discount coupons, the early bird dinner at Denny's again? Why, why, why are you angry now? Why are you yelling? OK, then we'll get to his actual policy, because here's the thing. The combination of the Trojan horse that is Biden. Now, I've suggested that he's a houseplant because he's hiding the water stain. The water stain is the radical policy. When you bring out a person who is clearly feeble and then you put him out there and it's impossible to make jokes about a person like this. Honestly, like it's very difficult to make jokes about Joe Biden, not because in the Democratic view, he's just so wonderful, but because in reality, making jokes about people like Biden in Biden's particular position, it seems mean and it seems cruel because the man is clearly not with us. And then they use the fact that he's not with us in order to ram through a bunch of untruths, a bunch of lies, a bunch of radical policy positions that, that in extraordinary fashion reshape the relationship between the American people and their government. We'll get to that. In and the media just cheer it. They just cheer it because this is what they want. This is what they've always wanted. They now have, he's not just a Trojan horse for the radical left. He's a Trojan horse for the media agenda because the media can craft him into whatever they want him to be. Who are you going to trust? Your lying eyes or the media? 
We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that, you know, if you are a dude, you start to lose your hair typically in your mid-30s, and you value that hair, okay? You love your hair. You don't want to go full Bruce Willis yet. Okay, it's one thing to do it when you're 60. It's another thing to do it when you're in your 40s. Nothing as uncomfortable and awkward as losing that hair, and that's why you need four Hims. It is your one-stop shop for hair loss and wellness for men. Hims is helping dudes be the best version of themselves with licensed medical providers and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills, gas station counter supplements, prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. For Hims connects you to licensed medical professionals online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential. It's completely discreet. Answer a few quick questions. A medical professional will review. If they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with your results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, my listeners can get their first visit absolutely free. Go to forhims.com slash Ben. That is forhims.com slash Ben. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that is forhims.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Okay, so then there is Biden on policy. So here's the thing. Joe Biden's feeble health standing. And when you watch him, again, the first question that you're asking is, how is this guy going to make it for four years? He actually said at his press conference yesterday that he was going to run for re-election in 2024. And there was almost an audible gasp in the room. Here was Joe Biden saying that he was going to run for re-election. People are like, you're, you're 78 now, and you don't seem like you're fully with us. You're going to run in four years? Kamala Harris somewhere in the wings, just laughing, cackling hysterically for no reason. Here's Joe Biden. Have you decided whether you are going to run for re-election in 2024? You haven't set up a re-election campaign yet, as your predecessor had by this time. <laughs> My predecessor need to, needed to. <laughs> My predecessor. Oh, God, I miss him. Um, have you? Have you? No, an answer is yes. My plan is to run for re-election. That's my expectation. He made a Trump joke, so we can just ignore the fact that uh, the plausibility of him running again is very, very low at this point. But again, all of this is just a Trojan horse for the radicalism. It's a spoonful of senility to make the medicine go down. That, that is what we are watching right now. And, and there are a few things that he gets away with because of this. One, the media just will not fact check untrue things he says. They will completely repeat the nonsense where he establishes a goal that has already been met. So he does this all the time. He'll say things when he comes into office like, well, you know, I said 100 million shots in 100 days. And nobody, nobody thought... We could, you know, no one thought we could do this. Okay, and, and they're already doing a million shots a day. Well, now he's doing the same thing. Now he's like, you know, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to, you know, push a stand. We're going to do more shots than what well, we're already doing that. But, you know, it's, and the people are like, wow, that's amazing. He's announced a new goal. They're already meeting. Here's Joe Biden doing that yesterday. Now today I'm setting a second goal, and that is we will, by my 100th day in office, have administered 200 million shots in people's arms. That's right, 200 million shots in 100 days. I know it's ambitious, twice our original goal, but no other country in the world has even come close, not even close to what we are doing. I believe we can do it. Okay, first of all, our vaccine rollout has been very good. That's because of the states. It's not because of Joe Biden. Two, when Joe Biden says we'll hit 200 million shots in 100 days, that's because we're already doing that. We've been tranching out well over 2 million shots a day, like right now. That is not a goal. And the, this is his entire administration when it comes to PR. He jumps in front of a moving parade and he's like, this parade's for me. I, I did it. I made the, I, he gets up every morning and he looks at the sky and he goes, the sun is, is 
Then I rise in the east and set in, in the west under my administration. And the media like, amazing. He just set a goal of the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. Clearly, this man is magic. Clearly, he is incredible at his job. Okay, so when he is not setting goals that he has already met to the cheers of a rabidly partisan media, he is also just saying absurd, radical, insane things. Hey, but it's okay. He's a nice old man. Don't point out that he's a radical. Stop that. He's a moderate. Joe Biden was always moderate. Now, those of us during the last campaign who pointed out that Joe Biden was not a moderate, that he was a Trojan horse for radicalism, the media were like, why, why would you say that about that nice old man? He's a nice old man. Are you kidding? He just eats oatmeal and cream wheat. He's fine. Stop that. Well, here's the thing. He says radical things. He, he says more radical things than Barack Obama did. Obama sometimes tried to moderate his message because he didn't want to appear radical before the American people. Because Biden knows that he appears to be a houseplant to the American people, he can basically say whatever the hell he wants and the media just treat it as though it is a moderate thing. So for example, he, he, said, he, he uttered one of the most radical and yet weirdly, strangely, just bizarre statements yesterday about the GOP's voting policy. So there's this lie that is out there right now that the GOP in Georgia is passing a voting bill that is extraordinarily radical. It's trying to curb voting rights. This is Stacey Abrams talking about voter suppression. Okay, the big lie from the right in the last election was that voter fraud and voter irregularity decided the election. The big lie from the left for the last several years is that voter suppression was going to decide elections. And the media continue to promulgate that lie, that Republicans, in asking for voter ID so we know who you are when you vote, that they are performing some sort of voter suppression act. That's nonsense. There's no statistical evidence to back that. They'll say things like, you know, Republicans, when they don't want early voting, it's because they're trying to suppress voting. Really? Because we have this thing called Election Day. In fact, if you really want to blow it out, I think that you should be able to vote as early as possible in the 2037 elections. Why not? There'll be a special election in 2037, and you should be able to vote right now for it. In fact, if you are not in favor of voting in advance for a party before candidates have been chosen, before you even know what the race is, I think that you're trying a voter suppression act. Now, of course, that's absurd on its face. Why should you vote six months in advance of an election? Why should you vote four weeks in advance of an election? Half of the news about an election votes breaks in the week before the election. But according to the Democrats, if you do things like you say, don't try to bribe people in line. This is what Georgia says. Georgia says you're not allowed to give gifts of money or food or drink to people in line for voting. The way the media portrayed that is Republicans try to block people from giving water to people in line. That is not what that bill is about. The bill is attempting to block people from bribing people in line to vote. Okay, that is what it says in the text of the law, that the media created this lie. And the, and the lie was Republicans are engaged in a vast act of voter suppression, all of which led up to the most bizarre line of Joe Biden's very bizarre and disquieting press conference. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about your safety and security at home and also just knowing what's going on at your house. So as I've mentioned, I have three kids. They are absolutely running me ragged. And one of the things about having three kids is that I only have one pair of eyes. They tend to focus in one direction only, which means it's hard to keep track of all three of my children the baby is now crawling around like a, like a crazy person and trying to hurt herself. I've got a son who bounces off walls and I've got a daughter who is pretty with it, but I will say that I, I'd like to keep an eye on her as well. So three kids, two eyes, one direction. That means what I actually need is ring devices on my house so I can tell what the hell is going on at home. So I can remain in control of my own property. You need this as well. Whether it is just visitors stopping at your front door or it is people dropping off packages, 
Whether you just want to know what's going on in your property, Ring devices are the thing. I love having the Ring video doorbell. I've actually added Ring security cameras around my home as well. No matter your home, Ring has everything you need to protect it. See and speak to whoever is at your door from anywhere with video doorbells. Keep an eye on every corner of your house with easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams. Protect your whole home with Ring Alarm. It's a powerful, affordable whole home security system you can easily install yourself. Right now, get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com. Ben. It comes with the Ring video doorbell 3 and Chime Pro. It is the perfect way to upgrade your front door and start your Ring experience. Head on over to ring.com slash Ben. That is ring.com slash Ben. Okay, so again, the Democrats are pushing a lie. The lie is that Republicans are attempting an active voter suppression. Karl Rove points out in the Wall Street Journal today that this is not true. He says moves by Republican legislators to reform state election laws are drawing incendiary accusations from Democrats. Former Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams denounced them as Jim Crow in a suit and tie. Vice President Kamala Harris declared, quote, it's all voter suppression by any other name. The Democratic Governors Association says these efforts are, quote, a direct attack on our democracy. This is a lie. In Georgia, Republican legislators are close to passing a bill that expands the state's early voting period by four days. What a clever GOP suppression technique. Provide voters with more opportunities to cast ballots. The legislation would also require Georgians to vote in their home precinct or risk having their ballot disqualified. It would forbid outside groups to send duplicate applications for mail-in absentee ballots to voters who have already applied for one. So you don't want two applications going in for the same ballot. Both are sensible protections. Democrats are upset about the idea of a voter ID. But if that's racist, New Jersey, Virginia, and California are suppression hotbeds. New Jersey requires a driver's license or the last four digits of a social security number. Virginia requires both a photo ID and your social security number. And California requires ID at least to register. Ms. Abrams and her allies also oppose efforts to toughen signature verification for mail-in ballots. But Colorado has what's likely the toughest such procedures in the country, which is important since it conducts elections primarily by mail. Last fall, roughly one of every 112 ballots, 29,000 altogether, was rejected because the signature didn't match the one on file with election officials. That was after voters were allowed to cure problems by responding to a text asking for a copy of their driver's license or other photo ID bearing their signature. More than 11,000 did so. Are California's Democratic governor and legislature to be branded vote suppressors? Again, these voter ID laws, these voting laws generally, these are not in any way racist. They're not about voter suppression. They're about shoring up voting procedures. But because Democrats wish to federalize election law and make it easier than ever to the, for the Democratic Party to skew election results with things like ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting is, to my mind, the most dangerous voting procedure that you could have in a free country right now. Having the party basically just deploy activists door to door to go pick up ballots from just blue voters, for example, is a great way of skewing elections. It makes elections not about who decides to vote that day, but about how much money the Democratic Party can spend on going door to door to actually gather ballots and then have party activists who cannot be trusted with the ballots drive those things over to the post office, for example, or drive them to a ballot box. It is ballot stuffing by any other name. In any case, Joe Biden says that if you wish to actually shore up voter ID, that this is an act of racism. Not only is it an act of racism, also, he makes a reference that nobody understands right here because this is what Joe Biden does. Again, the combination of incoherence and radicalism in this one statement, pure Biden. Doesn't get more Biden than this. Here we go. The Republican voters I know find this despicable. Republican voters. The folks out in the, outside this White House. I'm not talking about the, the elected officials. I'm talking about voters. Voters. And so I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. 
Jim Crow. Look, who the hell is Jim Eagle? I, I looked this up yesterday in, in the mistaken impression that perhaps I just missed some sort of cultural reference from 1832 because he has a different frame of reference than I do. Does Joe Biden considering that he was actually he was actually around when the pyramids were built? So uh, I thought maybe this was just some reference I didn't get. Nope, that is not a thing. There's no such thing as Jim Eagle. I feel bad for all the people out there in America who are named Jim Eagle. Because today they're like, what? what what's he talking about now? This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Woody Woodpecker. Jim jo- Jim Dove. Jim Jim Thrush. Uh, and Jim Eagle. Because eagles are patriotic and, and, and... Okay, incoherence and radicalism all at once. That is the Biden way. And, and it didn't just stop there. there. I mean, there's the race baiting, of course. He, he kept using terms like Jim Crow with a level of comfort that even Barack Obama did not use Jim Crow. I mean, Joe Biden, who, again, used to work with people who were in favor of Jim Crow in the United States Senate, as Kamala Harris pointed out before she decided that he was actually the greatest civil rights fighter of her lifetime. Joe Biden said that he might get rid of the filibuster. So we're going to have this addled human this adult radical human talking about getting rid of the filibuster and the media are cheering it. By the way, the, the real story here, again, is not that Biden is flipping on the filibuster. He spent years and years and years defending the filibuster. He was the Senate institutionalist. He was the guy who was going to stand up for the deliberative body that is the Senate and its magical procedures that allow for conversation to take place. Now, of course, he's like, you know what? Power is an instrument. I'm in charge. Sure, I'd be interested in getting rid of the filibuster. The story isn't that. The story is that the media are openly, openly thirsting for it. They're sending thirst pics to Joe Biden about the filibuster at this point. The media are just, they're begging for it. Every single day they are going to senators who are supposedly on the fence, people like Kristen Sinema of Arizona and Joe Manchin. They ask them every single day, any update on getting rid of that filibuster? When are you guys going to get rid of it? Please get rid of the filibuster. Here was Joe Biden saying, you know, after all, maybe we should get rid of the filibuster. This was the great defender of the filibuster. Okay, the Democrats have come up with a new narrative. The new narrative is that when Republicans are, are in charge of the Senate, the filibuster is a deeply necessary tool for deliberative democracy. And when Democrats are in charge of the Senate, then the filibuster is a Jim Crow era relic that is really a holdover from America's racist past. Here is Joe Biden spewing out this garbage. With regard to the filibuster, I believe we should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. I strongly support moving in that direction, in addition to having an open mind about dealing with certain things that are are just elemental to the functioning of our democracy, like the right to vote, like the basic right to vote. We've amended the filibuster in the past. Okay, it's a Jim Crow era relic. Okay, he was asked specifically if he thought that it was a relic of the Jim Crow era, and the president said yes. Okay, here is Joe Biden in 2005, quote, at its core, the filibuster is not about stopping a nominee or a bill. It's about compromise and moderation. It does not mean I get, in, I get my way. It means you may have to compromise. That is what it is about, about engendering compromise and moderation. Here's Barack Obama, circa 2005, talking about how important the filibuster is. The American people want less partisanship in this town, but everyone in this chamber knows that if the majority chooses to end the filibuster, if they choose to change the rules and put an end to democratic debate, then the fighting and the bitterness and the gridlock will only get worse. Now, I understand that Republicans are getting a lot of pressure to do this from factions outside the chamber. But we need to rise above the ends justify the means mentality because we're here to answer to the people, all of the people, 
not just the ones that are wearing our particular party label. Uh, except for the fact that this is the way that the Democrats run things. The way Democrats run things is we love the procedures so long as the procedures protect us. But the minute that we are in charge, those procedures go directly out the window. Then they wonder why politics has become a cynical exercise in partisan power grabbing. Because you guys are doing this. Chuck Schumer, the other day, he cited statistics about how the filibuster has been used to obstruct legislation so many times. He was citing statistics from when the Democrats were using the filibuster to obstruct legislation. It was unbelievable. Okay, this is Chuck Schumer yesterday talking about how we, when we filibuster, it's good. When they filibuster, it's bad. He was asked about the filibuster. And he's basically like, yeah, the filibuster is a, is a terrible thing because now we're in charge. The big difference is that we were always willing to negotiate in a bipartisan way. Mitch McConnell isn't. The bills he puts on the floor, even when he calls them bipartisan, aren't, like the first uh, CARES bill, like the policing bill. There's no discussion. No discussion. We are sitting down. I am encouraging my colleagues to sit down with Republicans and move forward. There's a big difference in how we're conducting things and the way they're conducting things. Okay, he's just an effing liar. The man's just an effing liar. He is a liar. That is a lie. Okay, when Democrats pushed legislation like Obamacare, they didn't have a single Republican vote. When Democrats have, the Democrats just passed a giant spending bill with no Republican support in the Senate. None. Okay, what in the hell is he talking about? They filibustered Tim Scott's police reform bill. Chuck Schumer participated in that filibuster. Again, this is all cynical. It's all, there's no principle here. Joe Biden is not a principled man. Joe Biden is a power grabbing man. He's a power grabbing, he's a power grabbing man in decline. Okay, and his party is perfectly willing to go along with this. They're excited about it. The, the same media, the same Democrats who decried Donald Trump's behavior between the election and January 6th and said that he was cynically using his power in order to manipulate elections. These are the same exact people who are out there right now saying that they have the ability to actively overturn elections. Nancy Pelosi said yesterday that she has the singular ability to bar people from entering Congress no matter how they got into Congress. Okay, this is, this is authoritarian talk from the Speaker of the House. Now, if I wanted to be unfair, I wouldn't have seated the, Dem the Republican from Iowa because that was my right on the opening day. I would have just said, they're not seated. And that would have been my right as Speaker to do. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. She says that as Speaker of the House, she has the ability to deny seating somebody who's legit elected from a particular district. She's talking about an Iowa district right now that is separated by about six votes. Okay, and she says she doesn't want to seat the Republican anymore. Okay, but so... Power is just a tool for these people. There's no principled institutional loyalty here. It is all about the use of power. And you wonder why there are reactionaries on the right who are like, you know what? Screw the, all the systems. We're done with the systems. We're just going to do whatever the hell we want. If we ever get power again, we're just going to junk these systems and do whatever the hell we want because you guys don't care about the institutions. You wonder why that sentiment is rising. If you care about America's institutions, if you wish those institutions to remain so that we can actually have discussions about policy, come to some sort of broad ranging agreement for the 330 people 330 million people who live in America and may disagree about fundamental policy, policies and politics, if you hope those institutions hold because the institutions are kind of important, the left is wrecking those institutions and the wrecking ball is an addled old man who is not with us. The, the, the Democratic Party is being run by a, a San Francisco leftist worth tens of millions of dollars, completely out of touch with the American people who is 183 years old and a president of the United States who can't string together a sentence. And the media are cheering it because you know who's in charge? People keep asking, so who's in charge? Really, who's in charge over there at the White House? I'll tell you who's in charge. The media are in charge. 
The establishment media are in charge. They are driving the agenda. They're willing to cover for the agenda. What they are not willing to cover for is what gets covered. The media are the ones in charge because politicians respond to incentive structures. And you know what creates the incentive structures these days? It is not the American people predominantly. It is the media who create the narratives that shift how the American people think. The establishment media are the biggest obstacles to a, to a defense of your individual rights in America today. Not the courts, not the government, the incentive structure being set up by an establishment media that continues to force its dominance on the American people day after day. And when they don't dominate, they seek to just destroy all methods of informational dissemination. You wonder why I think that what we do here at Daily Wire is kind of important? Because these folks wish us not to do it. That is why. Hey, in a second, we'll get to Joe Biden on the border because there are serious questions to be asked about Joe Biden's behavior on the border and his administration's policies on the border. He's not going to answer any of them, however. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about getting a good night's sleep. So as I've mentioned, my babies have been keeping me up. They've just been keeping me up really late. Uh, my, my daughter is teething. She's got the molars in. That means I'm not getting as much sleep as I would like. It means that when I do get in bed, I need all of this. I need all of my sleep products to just be top quality. And that is why I love my pillow. My pillow products, they don't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want to maintain their shape. Best of all, they're made right here in the United States. If you don't have a my pillow or know somebody who doesn't, now is the time to get one because for a limited time, my pillow is offering their premium my pillows for their lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow regularly, $69.98, for just $29.98. That is 40 bucks in savings. Kings are only 5 bucks more. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best gifts ever. They are $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow, and you buy now, they'll extend the 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on that radio listener square. There you will find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, the MyPillow Mattress Topper, and MyPillow Towel Sets, or call 800-651-1148. Use promo code DAILYWIRE to get started. Alrighty, in just one second, we're gonna get to Joe Biden on the border. Incredible how the media just, again, they're covering for him in the same way that the media covered for JFK stooping the interns in the White House swimming pool. That is how they are covering for his crappy, radical policies, they're covering for the fact that he is not with us. It's amazing. First, let me remind you, this Sunday, we do have a Ben Shapiro Sunday special. It is with Ayan Hirsi perhaps the bravest woman in international politics, obviously subjected to enormous hatred, both originally in the Netherlands and now in the United States for not moving along with the left-wing shibboleths that you normally hear. Uh, Ayan is uh, not only a person with great personal bravery, but great insight into the radical left and the identity politics left that seems to be predominating at this time. Check out the Sunday special this week. It's really, really good. Also, it is that glorious time of the week when I give a shout out to a Daily Wire member. Today, it is Allison Thomas on Instagram who understands the right stance when it comes to the insane cancel mob. In the picture, an adorable baby is sitting in a chair with the world's most elite beverage vessel while holding a book, The Constitution, The Declaration of Independence. Also in the chair, numerous other books, including the Bible, Dr. Seuss, Shakespeare, Mark Twain, various Disney titles and gone with the wind. The caption reads, Come and burn them. Hashtag leftist tears tumbler. Hashtag banned books. Hashtag readers are leaders. Well done. That's some good parenting right there. Thank you for the picture and for being a Daily Wire member. If you haven't heard by now, but honestly, if you listen to me as much as you should, you would have heard, of course, Candace Owens has a brand new talk show with us exclusively at dailywire.com. The full show is available to Daily Wire members only. The second episode of Candace airs today. It's going to have all sorts of good stuff in it. Frankly, I can't wait to watch it myself. So, if you need some Candace Owens in your life, look no further. Head on over to dailywire.com. Subscribe today. Plus, quick note, our team here at Daily Wire has an opening. You want to work here? Now's your chance. We need a data analyst. If data is your thing, we're looking for you. Candidate skills and background should include two or more years of product and data analytics experience in the industries of streaming media platforms, subscription products, or e-commerce. 
proficiency in analytics software like Mixpanel and Snowflake, strong visual and verbal communication skills for presenting data clearly. This is a national-based role. Qualified candidates can apply through dailywire.com slash careers. Also, quick reminder, since we are approaching the weekend fast, again, now's a great time to subscribe. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and subscribe right now. We have all sorts of brand new stuff coming online, all sorts of awesome new stuff that is already online. Candace's show are all access. I know that Candace didn't all access this week. We have tons of fun stuff going on. Become part of the club. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and become a member. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty. So Joe Biden, again, if you're wondering who exactly is in control, the answer is the establishment media that has set up all the incentive structures here. And if you want to see that in action, yesterday, Joe Biden was asked about this crisis at the border. The crisis at the border is is of his own making. It is. It is a crisis that has been driven by Joe Biden's warm embrace of illegal immigration. He encouraged an actual surge in the middle of the primaries last year. Joe Biden has said openly that he was not going to deport anyone when he got into office and people rushed the border. That is the most predictable thing in the entire world. And the media cheered him on throughout that process. Well, yesterday he was asked some questions about the border and his answers on the, to, to these questions are not only incoherent, They were full of untruths that could have been fact-checked in real time. Uh, Where was Daniel Dale? Where were all the fact-checkers? Weird. He made an entire career out of fact-checking everything Trump said, taking everything extremely literally, trying to parse every single statement. Joe Biden just says things that are overtly untrue, and Daniel Dale is nowhere to be found. They put him in witness protection over at CNN. I mean, not only does Joe Biden lie here, he also just acts weird. Okay, so for example, he was asked about the treatment of children in these migrant facilities, you know, kids in cages. He was asked by Cecilia Vega, who good for her actually asked a question about this, the ABC News chief White House correspondent. It does, it does put me in a weird position when I now have to praise journalists for doing like the most basic element of their job, asking about the news. But she did. She asked Biden about the news. And Biden started to chuckle. Okay, just watch the clip. What is your reaction to these images that have come out from that particular facility? Is what's happening inside acceptable to you? And when is this going to be fixed? That's a serious question, right? Is it acceptable to me? Come on. That's why we're going to be moving a thousand of those kids out quickly. (laughs) Is it acceptable? Yes, that was the question. Is it acceptable to you? And do you think that if Donald Trump, it's not acceptable to me, it wouldn't have mattered. But he's Joe Biden, so he gets away with that kind of treatment of the press. No problem whatsoever. And then his policies are absolutely self-conflicting. They make no sense at all. So Biden, first of all, he's asked, when are you going to be transparent and let the media in there? He's like, I don't know. And they're like, okay. (laughs) Here we go. We haven't seen the facilities in which children are packed together to really give the American people a chance to see that. Will you commit to transparency on this issue? I will commit to transparency. And as soon as I am in a position to be able to implement what we're doing right now, and one of the reasons I haven't gone down, I have all my, my chief folks have gone down, is I don't want to become the issue. I don't want to be, you know, bringing all the Secret Service and everybody with me to get in the way. So this is being set up, and you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving. Okay, and just to be clear, how soon will that be, Mr. President? I don't know. <laughs> and really, okay, all right. Because I'm not going down there because I don't want to bring attention. Sure, I'm sure that, that I'm, I'm sure that's why. It's not because you don't want pictures of you juxtaposed with kids in cages. It's not because of that. It's just you, you don't want to be a distraction, Joe Biden. 
Oh, weird, because that, that's never seemed to stop you before. So that's strange. But don't worry, you guys will get in. When? No. And the media, uh, well, okay, All right. good enough for me. Okay, then there's the actual failures and contradictions. So he says, you know, I should be flattered that people are coming. I should be flattered that illegal immigrants are arriving in wave numbers. So he says simultaneously two things. One, I'm going to deport people, but I'm not going to deport people. And two, it's not my fault they're coming, but if they are coming, it's because I'm great. It's like, what in the world? And the media are like, <laughs> morons. Okay, here, here are members of the media and Joe Biden. Here's Amish Alcindor from PBS at NewsHour. By the way, your taxpayer dollars pay for this kind of journalism. I guess I should be flattered people are coming because I'm the nice guy. That's the reason why it's happening, that I'm a decent man or however it's phrased. That, you know, that's why they're coming, because no, Biden's a good guy. Truth of the matter is, nothing has changed. Yes, what changed is you. What changed is you. Why should you be flattered that we're having an inundation at our border? You know, there are other Americans in America besides Joe Biden. The fact that he sees everything through the prism of, they think I'm such a nice guy. Every president defines himself in a particular way. Joe Biden defines himself as the nice guy who, quote unquote, gets things done. The problem is the things he's getting done are crappy. And the nice guy routine is bringing literally tens of thousands, if not millions of people to the border over the course of this year. Okay, then Joe Biden says he said a bunch of untrue things here. He said in the middle of this immigration talk in his presser yesterday, he said, for example, that the he said the Trump administration was simply sending people back to the desert to die. That was an overt lie. That is just untrue. Did anybody fact check him? Was anybody like, can you name a person who has died in the desert because they were sent back to the desert? That's not how it works. When people arrive at the border, they're immediately handed over to Mexican authorities or they're shipped back to country of origin. It's not as though at the border, like, you know what? You came here back to the desert with you. No water bottles. Enjoy. That's not how it works. Joe Biden knows that, but he's a damned liar. So here he was yesterday saying, and then he, and then he says, you know what? If kids have family elsewhere, we should deport them. Okay, this is a complete reversal from his own policy which is that if kids show up here, we're not going to deport them. His DHS secretary said that this week. Do you want to see these unaccompanied minors staying in this, ch- this country or should they be deported eventually? Well, the judgment has to be made whether or not, in, th- in this young man's case, he has a mom at home. There's an overwhelming reason why he'd be put in a plane and flown back to his mom. Oh, you mean the Trump administration cruel, evil policy? That, that policy, that's exactly the policy he's currently talking about. Yeah, but the media didn't fact check him. He said untrue things throughout. But again, he's a nice elderly gentleman. How dare you point any of this out? And this is really about the stenographer pool. This is about the stenographer pool that that lives in that White House press room. And all of the people on CNN and MSNBC who just engage in the human centipede. Peter Ducey at Fox News, the only journalist who ever asks any tough questions, apparently, in that White House press room. He talked yesterday about the fact that he was not called on. Again, president doesn't have to call on anybody, but the fact... That, that Biden was standing there and going down a list of approved reporters demonstrates exactly what they think of the press pool. Here was Peter Ducey. I mentioned last night uh, on special report that I had a binder full of questions. I think some people were kidding. I was not kidding. We <laughs> had a lot and most of this stuff did not get to. But the last one that I can think of like this would have been in Wilmington. They had an aide off to the side with the list of reporters to call on. Today it was Biden with the list. And once they got through about an hour and 20 minutes, uh, he was done. I'm not sure if that was the end of the list. If we were on it, he did not make it down that far. Okay, he did not make it down that far. Yeah, of course he didn't. He just started randomly wobbling off into, into the 
ether. He had no idea what he was doing. He had no idea what the hell he was talking about. And there are many questions that he didn't get to. You know, he didn't answer a single question about COVID yesterday. Not one. His 62-minute press conference didn't answer a single question about COVID. Remember, the most important issue of our lifetimes. Remember, an issue so important that we not only have to blow out $2 trillion in spending that we just did this month, we need to blow out another $3 trillion in spending. And at no point was he asked about COVID by our intrepid press. At no point was he asked about, for example, Hunter Biden, because it turns out that there's a new breaking scandal with Hunter Biden. At no point was he asked about that. You think Trump would have been asked about similar issues? Of course he would have. But the agenda is all that matters to the press. I'm not disappointed in Biden because I didn't have any expectations of Biden. I didn't think he was going to be some sort of moderate institutionalist who was going to uphold the great institutions of American democracy in pursuit of some sort of bipartisan compromise. I never thought he was going to be that. Yeah, but that's, that's not what the media said. For years, if you pointed out that Joe Biden was not a moderate and that he didn't care about the institutions, you were told that you were out of your mind. He wasn't some crazy radical like Bernie. He was going to bring America back together. I'm not surprised when, the, when politicians lie to me. I'm not even surprised when the media lie to me. I'm just surprised at this point that anybody buys it anymore. I think fewer and fewer people are going to buy it over time. Alrighty, well, once in a while, we check in with our friends over at Birch Gold. Over the past couple of days, I had a chance to talk with Philip Patrick. He's a precious metal specialist over at Birch Gold. He had some pretty interesting insight into what exactly the Biden administration is doing and how that could impact your finances and, of course, why it may be worthwhile diversifying into precious metals. Here's something we recorded a little bit earlier this week. Joining us on the line is Philip Patrick. He's a precious metals specialist with our friends over at Birch Gold. And we thought now would be an excellent time to talk about why investing in precious metals might just be a good idea. Philip, thanks so much for joining the program. Thanks for having us. So let's talk for a second about the value of the United States dollar. So the Biden administration is clearly blowing out the spending. They just dropped $2 trillion on a brand new stimulus package, which is unnecessary given the fact that we are now in the waning days of the pandemic. And now at the Federal Reserve's meeting last week, Federal Chair Jerome Powell indicated he expects interest rates to remain near zero through 2023, which is kind of a wild idea. What's your take on that? Look, it's certainly a wild idea. Um, I think they have to keep interest rates low for a couple of reasons, really. The first is the reason they dropped them in the first place, which is to encourage spending, right? Low interest rates, encourage people to take money out of savings and essentially invest it, right? The stock market, real estate, bond market, it fuels activity and essentially keeps this thing propped up. Um, the second side of it is obviously debt, right? Debt is growing significantly. We're approaching $30 trillion, which is just about manageable for the government because interest rates are so low. Um, if they start to raise rates, the average rate on our debt federally for the last 30 years has been about 5%. The interest payments on our debt start to become untenable um, in relation to tax revenue. So the statement makes sense. I think they have to. Okay, but because they have to, this means that we probably should expect some inflation to kick in in the, if not near future, then in the medium future. So if higher rates of inflation are coming, then um, diversification seems like it might be a good idea. Yeah, look, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, low interest rates in isolation are not necessarily an issue. You couple that with rising inflation, which to some degree is unavoidable. That's when it starts to become problematic. You're absolutely spot on. So if you were looking at diversifying why not put your money in, say, stocks, for example? Look, stocks historically have been a very good hedge against inflation. They've outperformed it longer term, but that doesn't mean that there are not issues in the market short to medium term, right? You look at the stock market from a timing standpoint, 
it's cyclical, right? The stock market will typically correct in seven to 10 year cycles. We're now two and a half years into the longest bull run in recorded history. Outside of that, some of the numbers there look concerning. Price to earning ratios are a level today that they've never been at in history without us suffering a, a fairly sizable correction. So short to medium term, it seems a little bit frightening. And how about bonds? A lot of people have been talking about bonds as a safe haven, but in a time when it appears that the bond yields are going up, there's less demand for bonds. Why do you think that the demand for bonds seems to be going down? I think it ties into to interest rates, right? You buy a secure bond today, and I think they are, U.S. government treasuries. A five-year treasury note today is paying less than 1% annually. Uh, according to the government, inflation rates are higher than that today. So, you know, you buy a government treasury today, you lose money on the back of inflation, you lose buying power. My issue is the inflation numbers put out are a little bit misleading. They don't include food or energy anymore. You start to factor that in. Inflation is higher than published today. Sitting in bonds becomes problematic in this sort of climate. So if you are going to invest in precious metals, what would you suggest to folks as, as possible ways to invest in precious metals to dip a toe in or, or maybe a little bit more? Look, it depends on you know the individual's comfort level, of course, but I think they're a very suitable tool for this sort of climate. If you look at our issues potentially on the horizon, we have stock market correction, we have inflation, we have currency devaluation. These sort of issues actually drive safe havens like gold and silver up, right? When stocks crash, people can flood to gold and silver. 2008 was a great example. They doubled in value. The technical definition of inflation is the rising cost of commodities and services over time. Intrinsically, gold and silver are commodities. By definition, they keep pace. So they're very conducive for climates like this specifically. All righty. Well, that is Philip Patrick from Birch Gold. He, of course, a precious metals specialist. Obviously, if you're looking to get involved in precious metals. I trust the folks over at Birch Gold and for good reason, because they will give you all the straight answers about what kind of investment strategy you ought to pursue. The reality of the situation is that we are now watching an administration that is blowing out the dollar. It is only a matter of time before inflation does in fact kick in. You've seen this in the demand for gold. You've seen this in the demand for other assets that are not the US dollar. Philip Patrick, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate your insight. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having us. That is Philip Patrick, a precious metal specialist over at Birch Gold Group. As you know, the people over at Birch Gold are the people I trust with my own precious metals investing. Text Ben to 474747 for your free information kit on precious metals IRAs or to speak with a Birch Gold representative today. Again, that's my name. Text it, Ben, to 474747 to get started with my friends over at Birch Gold. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, a child's life is molded by his or her home, school, friends, community. A positive experience in all these areas helps build a healthy child. Cars for Kids, that's Cars with a K, is a registered nonprofit organization aimed at giving children the tools to succeed in life. If you have a car that's just sitting in your driveway, taking up space, you should consider donating it to Cars for Kids. You know Cars for Kids, they've got that jingle, right? The 1877 Cars for Kids, K-A-R-S, you know it. If you're tired of looking at that old car in your driveway or hearing your spouse complain about it, why not let Cars for Kids take care of it for you? Here's how it works. Visit their website at carsforkids.org Ben. Let them take care of it from there. The whole process only takes two minutes. Cars for Kids will schedule a pickup at a time that's convenient for you. If you don't have a car, you can still help. Cars for Kids accepts non-cash donations of school supplies, clothing, sports equipment, and more. So what exactly are you waiting for? Call now or visit carsforkids.org slash Ben to get the ball rolling today. That's Cars with a K, the number four, at carsforkids.org slash Ben. That's carsforkids.org slash Ben. All righty, meanwhile, 
I got to tell you about a couple of the topics that they didn't actually get to. Okay, so there are a few topics they didn't get to. Not a single question was asked in this press conference about Joe Biden's COVID policy. Not one, which is kind of amazing. Remember, it's the most important issue ever. When we shut down the entire economy of the United States for a year, remember, we're spending more money than has ever been spent in the history of humanity. That is not an exaggeration. We are now spending more money than any government has ever spent ever, ever. Can we are doing so on the back of a pandemic that is already on the wane? He was not asked a single question about that. And he was not asked a single question about, for example, school reopenings. He read some talking points about school reopenings where he talked about maybe we'll have to reopen some schools and that'll be great. By the way, if you actually look at a chart of the states that have reopened their schools versus the states that have not, it is a complete blue-red divide. The vast majority of blue states have kept kids out of school. The vast majority of red states have not. And then you're going to tell me it's all about the science? Okay, Biden's own people right now are not committing to reopening schools in the fall. Here is Biden's education secretary yesterday saying that they're not sure if the schools are going to reopen in the fall. How is he not asked about this? You know, it's premature to tell. One thing that I know as a former commissioner uh, of education, COVID-19 numbers will dictate how we move to reopen schools. So it's not just about what's happening in the schools. It's about what's happening in the community. If as uh, members of our community, we can follow those mitigation strategies to make sure that our schools are safe places for our students and for our staff, we should have students in school uh, next year. We should have them in school in the spring. Remember when this was the party of science? Yeah, not the party of science so much. Yes, the school should be open now. They should have been open months ago. My kids have been in school the entire year. It is a travesty, particularly targeting minority students, that the schools have not been open. And you still have members of this administration. It's too soon to tell whether we're going to open in the fall. This is nuts. Meanwhile, speaking of the party of science, remember, the school reopening policy has been driven almost entirely at this point by the teachers unions. I was told that to deny the unique knowledge and power of the CDC and the American federal government, to do that was to engage in a sort of anti-scientific propagandizing. And if you opposed Anthony Fauci anywhere in here, it's because you opposed the science. If you suggested, for example, that perhaps the virus, that COVID-19 sprang from a lab leak in China, as Senator Tom Cotton suggested, you were ripped up and down because, hey, how dare you? That's fomenting xenophobia. Now it turns out the former CDC chair, Robert Redfield, he has now come out and he says, oh yeah, by the way, it probably leaks from a, a lab in China. And he just said that today. Okay, but if you're talking about people who do not give a damn about science, they only care about the agenda. There's an amazing story from US News and World Report, Lauren Camera writing, quote, the president of the country's most politically powerful teachers union called into question the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's decision last week to revise from six feet to three feet its social distancing guideline in schools, arguing the science backing the decision doesn't take into account the unique challenges most urban school districts face. Okay, so the CDC came out in the last couple of weeks and they announced that kids don't need to be six feet apart in schools. They probably only need to be three feet apart in schools. By the way, the six feet standard came from absolutely nowhere. If you are somebody who's like a deep believer in six feet, six feet, six feet. There was like no scientific basis to six feet. If somebody sneezes, it goes like 15 feet. And if you're not sneezing, it doesn't go six feet. It goes like two feet. Okay, but the media kept, if you don't stay six feet away from that guy next to you, it's because you're, and the schools, man, we got to keep these kids at least six feet apart. Then the CDC comes along and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, totally wrong about that. We could have halved the size of the school classrooms and been fine. Kids can be three feet apart. And the teachers unions, because they're running the agenda and they don't want to go back to school ever. They just want to get paid for staying home and zooming in. They say they're not going to listen to the CDC. Are we seeing headlines today about how the teachers unions are anti-science? About how the scientific agenda is being thwarted by the teachers unions? 
Oh, yeah, I didn't think so. The American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten, one of the worst people in America, wrote Tuesday in a letter to CDC Director Rochelle Walensky and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona, quote, although I was very worried about the implications of the shift, I reviewed judgment until we could review the new studies that, we, that were presented. We have done that this weekend. We appreciate that the body of knowledge regarding the impact of COVID-19 in school environments is expanding, but we're not convinced the evidence supports changing physical distancing requirements at this time. Our concern is that the cited studies do not identify the baseline mitigation strategies needed to support three feet of physical distancing. Moreover, they were not conducted in our nation's highest density and least resourced schools, which have poor ventilation, crowding, and other structural challenges. Okay, my favorite part of that is when Randy Weingarten is like, we haven't tried this in the schools, so we don't know if it works. Right, because the schools are closed. The question is under what circumstances you are going to reopen the schools. You want to talk about anti-scientific? It's like, okay, so here's our theory. We tried this theory. It didn't work. So our new theory is that we don't need to do that. They're like, well, you haven't tested that theory, so probably we'll go back to the first theory. What in the world are you talking about? That's not how science works. Once you've debunked a hypothesis, you don't go back to that hypothesis five seconds later based on the fact you haven't tried another hypothesis. It's ridiculous. By the way, schools have been open all over the world. They've been open in Asia. They've been open in Israel. They've been open in, particularly for elementary students, they've been open in Europe. They've been open in vast swaths of the United States. But don't worry, the teachers' unions are all about the science. They're all about the science. Joe Biden was not asked a single question about any of that. He was not asked no questions about that. Meanwhile, other things he was not asked questions about. It's an unbelievable story from Politico. Okay, reported by Tara Palmieri and Ben Schreckinger. Okay, in Politico. On October 23rd, 2018, President Joe Biden's son Hunter and daughter-in-law Hallie were involved in a bizarre incident in which Hallie took Hunter's gun and threw it in a trash can behind a grocery store, only to return later to find it gone. Delaware police began investigating, concerned that the trash can was across from a high school and that the missing gun could be used in a crime, according to law enforcement officials and a copy of the police report obtained by Politico. But a curious thing happened at the time. Secret Service agents approached the owner of the store where Hunter, a derelict, bought the gun and asked to take the paperwork involving the sale, according to two people, one of whom has firsthand knowledge of the episode and the other was briefed by a Secret Service agent after the fact. The gun store owner refused to supply the paperwork, suspecting, correctly, that the Secret Service officers wanted to hide Hunter's ownership of the missing gun in case it were to be involved in a crime, the two people said. The owner, Ron Palmieri, later turned over the papers to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, which oversees federal gun laws. The Secret Service says it has no record of its agents investigating the incident. Joe Biden, who is not under protection at the time, said through a spokesperson he has no knowledge of any Secret Service involvement. Days later, the gun was returned by an older man who regularly rummages through the grocery store's trash to collect recyclables, according to people familiar with the situation. The incident did not result in charges or arrests. Okay, so just to get this straight, what happened, apparently, is that Hunter, he was dating his brother's widow, I think is the story here, and they, she, for some odd reason, took his gun and threw it in the garbage bin behind a store which is across from a high school. And the Secret Service then went and tried to clean it up. And there will be no charges resulting. These are the same people who are like, we need strict gun laws, guys. Gun laws, we need them. We need strict gun laws so that people who mistreat, mishandle weapons get prosecuted. Unless your name is Hunter Biden, apparently. The gun store incident occurred during a period after Hunter Biden's administrative discharge from the Naval Reserves for his positive cocaine test and his subsequent divorce from his first wife, Kathleen. At the time of the gun incident, Hunter was in a romantic relationship with Hallie, the widow of his late brother, Beau. Apparently, he illegally obtained a gun. He, got a, he, he bought the gun October 12th, 2018. He responded no to a question on the transaction record that asked, quote, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant stimulant narcotic drug or any other controlled substance? 
Five years earlier, he'd been discharged from the Navy Reserve after testing positive for coke. He and family members have spoken about his history of drug use. Lying on the form is a felony, though prosecutions are extremely rare. So it sounds like he bought the gun illegally. That's what it sounds like, because there's fairly good contemporaneous evidence that Hunter was not off the sauce. And then he was dating his brother's widow. And apparently the incident began when Hallie searched Hunter's pickup, which was parked at her home in Wilmington because of unspecified suspicions she had. According to a Delaware State Police report, inside the truck, she found a 38 revolver. Hallie took the gun to Jansen's Market, a nearby high-end grocery store where the Bidens are longtime regular customers. There, she tossed the gun wrapped in a black shopping bag into a trash bin outside of the store, which, by the way, is not the way that you get rid of guns. Just note to the wise, if you have a functional weapon, you know what you don't do to get rid of it. Just toss it in the garbage can, you morons. Later that day, Hallie informed Hunter of what she had done. He instructed her to retrieve the gun, according to the police report. When Hallie returned, she found the gun was missing and reported the issue to the store. Police received calls from the store's general manager, Paula Jansen, and from another person, according to the report. The missing gun caused heightened concern, according to the police report, because the grocery sits across from the Alex DuPont High School. Arriving on the scene, Delaware Stadies retrieved security camera footage from the store, interviewed Jansen, the store manager. Quote, we complied with the police, gave them whatever security footage we could, Jansen told Politico. The FBI also responded. At the time, the FBI was already monitoring Hunter as part of an investigation that remains ongoing and currently focuses on his taxes. No comment from the FBI. In addition to questioning Hallie, police called Hunter to the scene. He was questioned outside the store's loading dock area and explained he used the gun for target practice. At one point, two of Jansen's employees, described by the police report as Mexican males, walked past the loading dock area, and Hunter told a police officer the store had some suspicious people working for it. Asked if he was referring to those two staffers, Hunter responded, yeah, probably illegal, according to the report. So he's a racist also. <laughs> he's a drug-addled, gun-toting racist who illegally obtained his weapon. No problems here, guys. Everything is totally fine. The story has all the things, all of them. Two Mexican workers walk past. He's like, oh, those are probably illegal. Based on what? The fact that they're of Mexican extraction? And based on the fact that you're apparently a criminal? When a police officer asked Hunter whether the gun had been used in a crime, the officer reported Hunter, quote, became very agitated with me and asked if I was intentionally trying to make him mad. When the officer asked Hunter whether he had been doing drugs or drinking heavily, he said, listen, it isn't like that. I think she believes I was going to kill myself, according to the report. An officer asked Hunter whether he had called his dad. Hunter said, I've, call I've never called my dad for anything, according to the police report, which we know is a lie. After being questioned, Hunter retrieved the, gun for the case for the gun, which included the gun serial number from Hallie's house, returned to the grocery store and handed it over to the cops. When police questioned Hunter and Hallie, two Secret Service agents arrived. They went to the store where Hunter purchased the gun. The agents showed their badges and ID cards to Palmieri, the store's owner, and asked to take possession of the firearms transaction record Hunter had filled out. She said no. The, 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 the Palmieri said, no, I'm not going to do that. The Secret Service left without the, the records, and Palmieri handed over the transaction record to the ATF. The ATF spokesperson referred questions to the Delaware Stadies. Jason Hatchell, spokesperson for Delaware State Police, said any freedom of information, uh, any questions about the incident would have to be filed through an, a FOIA request. The St Delaware State Police already rejected Politico's FOIA request for records related to the incident last November. It's, it's amazing. Okay, there's been no major media coverage of this because that's what the establishment media will never cover is the fact that Hunter Biden is a derelict and his dad knew about it for years and apparently facilitated the dereliction in a wide variety of cases, including Hunter rushing about the globe, picking up bags of cash in different places. A White House spokesperson said Biden was not aware of any Secret Service involvement in the episode. Just change the, num just change the name 
Biden to Trump and imagine the size of the scandal. But don't worry, Biden is a good guy. He's a nice guy, so we don't cover what happened with Hunter. By the way, speaking of hypocrisy, authoritarianism, by the way, relies on, on hypocrisy. The Cuomo family also apparently has engaged in an enormous amount of hypocrisy. It turns out, according to the New York Times, Governor Andrew Cuomo's administration arranged special access to government-run coronavirus testing for members of his family and other influential people as the pandemic descended on New York last year. The move to make testing of people closely tied to Cuomo a priority was carried out by high-ranking state health officials, according to one of the people. It happened in March 2020. Testing was still not widely available, but Andrew made sure that his family members had it. Just like our brand new Deputy Secretary of Health and Human Services, Dr. Rachel Levine, ensured that Dr. Levine's mom was not in a nursing home when all the COVID-positive patients were being shipped back into the nursing homes. Weird how this seems to keep happening with Democrats, how the rules don't apply to them. The gun control left has no worries about Hunter Biden, a, a drug-addicted derelict, leaving his gun out and then having it thrown in a garbage can behind a high school and lying apparently on his forms about obtaining the gun in the first place. That's totally fine. But you, law-abiding citizen, you need to lose your gun. You can't get a test in New York in March 2020, but you know who can. If your last name is Cuomo, you can get a test. And then you can go on national TV and you can hang out with your bro and talk about the size of your nostrils and did mom love you best? Yes, we need to give more, more power and control to these folks. More power and control, top down. They're gonna fix everything and they care about you. They don't care about their own. They care about you. They're just caring and nice and wonderful. Amazing, amazing stuff. All righty. We'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. First, you cannot forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tune in. Also, make sure that you check out our Sunday special. Here's a little bit of the trailer. I don't think that radical Islamic doctrine or its agenda is capable of defeating Western society. It's just militarily, economically not capable of doing that. But if the West implodes, that's going to come from the inside. If you like that trailer, you're going to love the actual Sunday special. It was fantastic. We talked about the, the rise of radical Islam. We talked about the coincidence between radical Islam and the woke left, what they have in common. There's a lot there. You're going to want to give it a listen. Go check it out this weekend on the Sunday special. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover, and our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Claven. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free 
should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 